to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. James Baldwin. Love, peace, and blessings, my beautiful people. This episode will be different from what I normally record. Um, Obviously, there was no intro. There will not be a sponsor segment, and there will be no outro because I don't think it is appropriate in light of recent events. But I do want to talk about a few things in this bonus episode. Um, Why people, Black folk and people of color, are angry the negative cycle after a black man or woman is killed. And because this is a mental health podcast, I want to give tips on how to practice self-care in the face of racism and violence. So I wanna start with uh, why people, especially black people and people of color are angry these days. And let's start out with number 45. If he doesn't stress you out, he stresses me out. It's what he says, it's what he doesn't say, it's the vitriol of his tweets and his constant veiled threats against people of color and that coded language against black people. Um, You know, just we saw the other day um, that tweet that he put out about um, when the loot when the looting starts the shooting starts that's a threat and that's a message to his base in my opinion um that is open season and now he's declared everything but short of martial law um but i wouldn't be surprised if that comes down the line because honestly i think that's what he wants to do and what he's been itching to do Um, And unfortunately, I'm going to just be honest with you, I think this is going to cause him to get reelected because it appeals to his base that he is controlling the out-of-control maniac Black folk um, that they see on TV. And um, that's a concern. And he, he... He has already incited his base, not even incited, but emboldened um, his base because now it is more rampant. Like they're just more, they've just coming out the woodworks with it. Um, And it's scary and he's dangerous. And as a history teacher who has taught government for seven years, Um, I am ashamed of Congress, both houses, both parties. I'm ashamed of the highest court of the land, the Supreme Court. No one is doing anything. There's, There's no one to check his power. There's no one to balance his power. He's just bullying his way through and doing what he wants to do. And the sad thing is, and I hope it makes sense when I say this, 
I don't think he realizes that um, he's moving into a dictatorship. I think he's selfish and he wants to do what he wants to do. But I don't think he's doing it on purpose to move to a dictatorship. I don't think he's that smart. But I think he's just doing whatever the hell he thinks it's okay for him to do. And he has this false reality that he can do no wrong. Um, And that's all I want to say about that. I don't want to give the man more time and air than I have. Uh, the stress and anxiety from COVID um, and how it's not being handled is causing a lot of angst as well. Um, many of you, I'm sure, have been at, impacted whether you had the virus yourself or a family member or a friend. And unfortunately, sadly, maybe you have lost someone to this disease or virus, I should say. I know I had two people in my family who were Um, had COVID. Thankfully, they didn't go into the hospital, but they were able to self-isolate and follow doctor's orders, and thank God they are okay. But being cooped up in the house, I know we have been in quarantine in PA since early March. Um, And it's been hard. You know, I'm an introvert, so I'm a homebody. I don't mind. You know, I never go out a lot unless it's with my husband or like a friend, friends to social functions. But I'm okay. Like I go out as I normally do, do my errands and come back. So I'm slightly okay. Um, But it's, it's taken a toll. Like especially in the beginning, I shared with you guys on my uh one of my podcasts, how me and Arona are getting along. At first it wasn't easy, but I've calmed down a lot and I'm okay. But, you know, my husband and my son who hasn't seen his friends since March 12th, it's been hard for him. You know, we're doing everything we can to um, make this easy. You know, we've bought Lego sets and a headset for his Xbox and a basketball who that he can kind of go outside, but you know, it hasn't been easy on anybody. Um, And the mental health of it all is just stressful. And a lot of people are now experiencing stress and anxiety and depression that they've never felt before. Or if you already struggle with a mental illness, it could be making it worse. Um, I wanna focus now on black people and people of color. We already face a combination of blatant blatant, sorry, racism and or microaggressions. And microaggression is a comment or an action that subtly and often unconsciously or unintentionally, which I highly doubt, expresses a prejudiced attitude towards someone on a daily basis. So an example of a microaggression is one that I hate. Oh, you're so articulate. You speak so well. Or you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. Those are microaggressions. And most of the times we don't say anything because we don't want um, to be or come off as angry, cause drama on the job. But holding that anger, that frustration of being judged, not feeling safe, not being heard, builds up in those feelings uh, will eventually come out in 
one way, shape or form. And I think it's safe for me to say that some of these protesters, um, in addition to the killing of George Floyd and COVID and everything that's been going on, it's just their way of expressing their angers. I mean, just take a look at some of the videos and the way white folks, some white folks, are more than happy to use the police as a weapon against us, knowing the possibility of what could happen and being okay with that. I mean, look at the situation in Central Park. I don't remember the names. I'm not that great with names, but um, this woman knowingly said an African-American man is attacking me said that she was told the man that she was going to say that called the cops and then acted like she was being attacked really and on a personal note someone used the police as a weapon against my 12 year old son and it was traumatizing for him but i was also traumatized i was hurt and instead of anger i just felt rage against white that white woman and white women in general and I wanted to retaliate and I couldn't and that made me even more angry so I understand the anger and the frustration of the way we are treated and you know we're we're tired of being killed for no reason and those that are responsible for these killings are not being held accountable the majority of these cops don't even make it to trial except ironically for that one cop um and he was black his name was Muhammad Noor he killed the white woman Justine Diamond he was arrested taken to trial convicted and was sentenced to jail and all of this took place where you're right Minneapolis so don't tell me that these cops can't be held accountable I'm sure that black man was arrested much quicker than, I don't even know his name, I don't even want to say his name, that killed George Floyd. So I, I don't want to hear that it it's not possible. Um, we're tired of the cycle of injustice that goes on. And what do I mean about that? Black man gets killed while being recorded. Protests and outrage is, is being expressed. And bad things come out in the media about the bad black man that was just killed. And in our eyes, at least how I see it, it's like the media justifies why he deserved to be killed. I mean, we've seen it before with Trayvon Martin and Mike Brown. And then what happens? Nothing. And if it does happen, it's very rare. The only white cop that I know of, and I could have done more research, but that I know of that was public was the conviction of um, the cop killing a black man who was running away. He was shot in the back. That cop's name was Cody Smith, and he was arrested, tried, and convicted, and is now in jail for killing a great gun. And this brings me to George Floyd. Once again, the cycle continues. And other than the alleged crime he was being arrested for, which was forgery, I haven't heard anything other than that. I know I saw his brother speak on it a little bit, but I, I did see a snippet of the Emmys report, which is another thing that they like to do. They like to make excuses for why this person died. Um, but the Emmys report, and this was before his family had a private autopsy done. 
but he said that what contributed to his health were underlying issues. That to me is complete and utter bullshit. There were no underlying issues. You know what? Actually, there were underlying issues. It was George Floyd. His neck was under the officer's knee while lying on the ground. So if you want to call it an underlying issue, there you go. His neck was under the officer's knee while he was lying on the ground. And I think it came out today that the private autopsy that his family held, um, had was the, the, the cause of death was asphyxiation through homicide or homicide. I don't know, it was homicide and asphyxiation in both were used. I don't know which way, but basically he was killed by being choked to death. There was nothing else saying that he had underlying health issues that contributed to his death. That's bullshit. So what does all this mean? Between the antics of 45, the stress and anxiety that COVID has brought on us, the racism and microaggressions that black people and people of color go through on a daily basis, and the fact that black folk are sick and tired of hearing about um, the violence that our people face, our voice not being heard and justice not being done. It means that we are filled with anger, rage, resentment, hurt, pain, generational pain. It's a lot. And you know what? It is impacting our mental health. And as I said before, as a mental health uh, podcaster, I'm also a blogger, but as a mental health podcaster, I want to be able to try to help you through this time um, because I feel that we all need it. We all need um, to practice self-care in the face of racism and violence. And I will talk about how to do this in part two, which will air this Thursday at 12 p.m. All right, so there's no official outro, but I do want to say as much as you can, please take care of yourselves, take care of your families. Um, And if you just need to take a day or two, then do that. But as much as you can, take care of yourselves and my beautiful black people and my white allies that are listening. um, Sounds corny, but keep hope alive. And um, yeah, I'll see you guys on Thursday. I will give you 10 tips on how to practice self-care in the face of racism and violence. Peace, y'all. I think America must see that riots do not develop out of thin air. But in the final analysis, a riot is the language of the unheard. And what is it that America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the plight of the Negro poor has worsened over the last few years. It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met. 
and it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and the status quo than about justice, equality, and humanity. And so, in a real sense, our nation's summers of riots are caused by our nation's winters of delay. And as long as America postpones justice, we stand in the position of having these reoccurrences of violence and riots over and over again. Social justice and progress are the absolute guarantors of riot prevention. Martin Luther King. Bye.